From the moment they're born, most new parents want to tell the world about their kids. And the internet makes it really easy to share those special moments instantly. But at what cost? Do you really know who's viewing your photos and status updates? I'm Detective Damian Jackson of the Escondido Police Department's Family Protection Unit and the San Diego Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. And today we have some great tips to help keep you and your family safe online. This is Parent Savers. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your online on-the-go support group for parents with infants and toddlers, and I am your guest host, Sunny Galt. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who join us every time we release a new episode. And for those of you who continue these conversations with us on Facebook and Twitter, we love talking to you. And if you want to get even more Parent Savers content, be sure to check out our special club. Also, our Parent Savers app is available so you can listen to all the episodes wherever you go. And that is available on iOS, on Windows, and on Google Play. So Kalina, our producer, is now going to tell you a little bit more about our virtual panelist program. Kalina. All right, so if you can't make it with us here in studio, we love to still have your input, and you can do that online. So we will be uh, keeping an eye on our website. Uh, if you have a question or want to put your input um, on any of the discussions that you hear here on Parent Savers, you can do that. Uh, you can follow us either on Twitter, like Sunny said. You can post there. Um, you can also post to our Facebook um, using the hashtag Parent Savers VP, yes! <laughs> which stands for Virtual Panelist. Yes. Like how that works out. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks, Kalina. Okay, let's meet the parents that are joining us here in the studio. We're welcoming back some familiar faces. Um, you guys know me. I'm Sunny. Um, I own New Mommy Media, and I'm on a lot of these shows. I have four children of my own. My oldest, uh, Sayer, is four years old. Urban is my middle guy. He's two. And then I have identical twin girls, Ainsley and Addison, who are turning one in like a couple weeks. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Time flies. And Johnner is back on the show. Johnner, welcome back to Parent Savers. It's like riding a bike. I know, right? So, yeah, my name's Johnner. Uh, I, I used to be the host of Parent Savers, and now I'm just a PR guy, freelance writer. Um, on my business card, it says PR Lebowski, in case. Oh, I like that. So that's, we kind of go with non-traditional titles. Where we do? I do interactive PR, uh, interactive entertainment PR. I have three boys, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old, and we are all online constantly, um, and their lives are online, too, so really definitely interested to talk a little more about this topic. Totally. Uh, Scott, welcome back. Thank you. Yes, yeah, good to be back. My name is Scott. I've got a um, four-year-old boy, Alex, and you know this topic is pretty interesting to me because he's not online. I have uh, limited um, online stuff. I don't really have a Facebook account or anything like that, but um, with the uh, technology changing, you know, and probably his interest in that. It'd be interesting to see what would be good to pay attention to. Absolutely. And Kalina, we already met you, but yes. uh, say hi again. Hi. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, I have one son. He is 17 months, so he's definitely not online, but I am a lot. I'm online mm -hmm. for, of course, Parent Savers. Yeah. And then we have, you know, a lot of my family is out of town. So we use Facebook to keep in touch and, you know, Instagram's out there. And But but you see a lot of scary stuff in the news, especially recently with uh, kids' pictures and, and things like that. So this should be interesting. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. 
Okay, so before we kick off our show today, we are talking about a news headline that probably has most parents concerned about. We hear a lot about these nanny cams and things getting caught on nanny cams. This is another one that came out um, just this month, and this is about the Fontana twins, if you've been kind of checking out the headlines. So basically, um, there's um, some twins, uh, one-year-old twins, as well as an eight-year-old boy that are part of this family. The mom has a nanny that watches the kids at their house and one day the eight-year-old son tells his mom that the nanny kind of had this attack moment um, and was shaking one of the twins the one-year-old twin and the mom of course was concerned she actually went they had a nanny cam I don't know it must have been hidden I I doubt the nanny knew that she was being recorded but I think they were just kind of using it as a safety net they didn't really have any concerns until the eight-year-old came forward mom looked at the tape um, you can actually see the tape online um, she's very much shaking this child also covering the child um, both twins I think with her hand over their mouth when they're crying um, it's it's very scary. So mom, of course, confronted the nanny. Nanny said she made a quote-unquote mistake. And mom said, "Um, this is more than a mistake. You're fired. Mm -hmm. And then she also um, had the nanny arrested on suspicion of child abuse. And now, you know, I'm not sure exactly where it stands, you know, with that. But the nanny is not in jail, per se. She's out. And um, the scary thing is, is that in this kind of in limbo period, um, you know, she could technically apply for another nanny job. Um, I should say that the, the mom found the nanny on a popular website. Um, where you can find nannies and things like that. And that site has come out to say, we're going to support these parents in whatever way we can. They've been really great about saying, listen, this is not okay. And it's it's, it's impossible for these sites to vet everybody, right? Um, and so, um, but they want to help. They wanted to help authorities. They wanted to help the parents wherever possible. And they came out and denounced us and said, this is not what our site is about. So um, anyways, that's how the mom found the nanny originally. So I want to kind of give your guys' take on this. Um, we all have to use sitters. We have to use nannies from time to time. Are you guys concerned about this? Um, have you thought about installing a nanny cam? Where, where do you guys stand with this, Johnner? I think there's a lot. When I hear that story, and I hadn't heard it before, there's a lot of sort of what would I do in that situation right. moments. I mean, from the starting of just having a nanny cam. And I think that because it was from that third party service, not necessarily a friend of the family or a girl down the street, that that really glad that they had it but then the whole confronting and then firing and then pressing charges um and it's something that i think we haven't used a lot of outside third party unfamiliar to the family people for child care we've been able to find either neighbors kids or local kids but i think that once you're going outside of your circle the nanny cam is a good start to be able to catch it and just breaks my heart to hear about the show. Oh my gosh, I know. And to see the footage is unreal. I don't think I want to watch it. No, probably not. (laughs) Yeah, John, I mean, what you say, it's it's stuff like this, which is precisely what's fundamentally why we don't use outside care providers. We have, um, we're fortunate to have, um, you know, my parents that are here and also, um, I just remember when Alex was young, it was, there was a, Andrea's work, um, like a work friend of hers was, you know, was very large, Mexican family. It was the only place that 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 Alex would go. I mean, he. I mean, and the way they handled him was was perfect. And so, but you know, not everyone has that luxury. Not everyone has the luxury. Yeah. And, but and at the same time, though, you know, we we've had to sacrifice. You know, not going out, not doing like fun things because you know for that reason. But it's stuff. But 
I mean, it's a small price to pay for, you know, when you read a headline like this. Um, Detective Jackson is our expert today, and I wanted to ask you, so what happens, obviously it's it's better if we have this stuff on camera, right? I mean, Certainly. do we literally hand this over to authorities and say, do something? I mean, here it says that she was arrested on suspicion of child abuse. What do police do with that? Well, you can you can say the, the whole suspicion part of it comes out because it's, it's not... Uh, you know, in in the in the infant stages of, of an investigation, you can't really jump to conclusions because right. you still have to rely on the facts. But there's no, there's certainly no disputing video evidence. Sure. You know, in that case, most of the times in the cases we handle, we don't we don't have video evidence. Okay. So in the in the rare occasion that you do, I mean, that's like gold for for a criminal case. Right. Um, we have to rely on you know the injuries to the child and you know. The, the subsequent follow-up, you know, at, at the hospital, but uh, to have it on video is is huge, and and I, I applaud the parents for doing exactly that and having that nanny cam because you know, as as Joan or Scott said, if you if you have the ability to have family and, and close friends uh, help you in in childcare, that's that's fantastic and obviously the best route. But um, anytime you have to have somebody that's a stranger to you care for your kids, you're you're kind of rolling the dice because right. nobody's nobody's going to parent or care for your child like you will. Sure. So I am pretty sure we would not be talking about this if it weren't for that nanny cam. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Because I mean, you wouldn't have the evidence. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really compelling reason to get one of those. Sure. Today we're talking about overexposing our kids online, and our expert is Detective Damian Jackson with the Escondido Police Department Family Protection Unit, as well as the San Diego Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. So, Detective Jackson, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, in in your opinion, are most new parents overexposing their children online? You know, we're obsessed with Facebook and Twitter, and we want to tell everybody about the great little expression that our baby just made. Are, are we <laughs> overdoing it? Oh, I think I think to some degree yes, and in others no. You know the the big thing is the intent. You know, no no parent I think is going out there with the intent of just blasting the world with their child. But it is an exciting time. You know, I've I've got three kids of my own, and there's no there's no greater joy and excitement than in, in the the new and amazing things that your kids do. And you wanna you wanna brag about it, especially to family and friends. And you know everybody has a 12 megapixel digital camera on their hip (laughs) these days so you know every moment that that the kids do you can you can capture that and upload it instantly and you know there's certainly that that desire there um but you know there there are some concerns that come with that because if and, and and really if you're if you're loading those pictures up onto social media what i think it boils down to is is just being aware of what your settings are on those social media outlets so that it can't be, you know, used and exploited by everybody on the face of the earth. Okay. Um, so let's dive into that a little bit more. What are some of the common ways we tend to overexpose our kids? We, I mean, it probably depends on the site we're using, right? But we're mainly probably talking about photos, status updates, telling people where we're at. Am I hitting all the right points here? Certainly. Yeah, okay. the, if, you know, the, the photo sharing and, you know, um, location updates where you're at, putting your kids' schools the names of your kids' schools and, and posts, and, you know, we're, hey, we're at, you know, such and such school for, you know, this event today, and, and you know, posting pictures of your kids. And, you know, what I think a lot of parents don't realize is, is you know, with any picture, once you post it to the Internet, it, it's out there, and it's it's gone forever, and anybody can get it, and anybody can use it, and that that is up to and including pictures of your children. Mm-hmm. 
And I've, I've had numerous cases that I've investigated that, um, where we've had people that set up fictitious social media accounts like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and they'll set up this, this fake account and create this kind of fictional family. And part of that fictional family are pictures of children that are in no way, shape, or form related to them. And they'll, they'll report them as their own kids or... So think about as as you're doing all these things with your family and you're taking pictures of it and uploading these events and giving the narration to them, somebody else can be copying that information and putting it onto their own fake page to represent themselves as, you know, somebody completely different using your kids as the props. So why would they do that though? What's the advantage to that? Are they are they luring people in? for their own or they just want to make believe they have their own family yes to both yeah i mean it's it's crazy to to think about but yeah there's people out there that that do that if you think of um you know there have been cases where people women have have uh, kind of faked a pregnancy for some time and then they tell family members and friends oh i'm pregnant and this and that and then if they can't stay in and if these are people that aren't right there with them on their own city block but say you have relatives that are in other states you know you can kind of create this fake family for yourself and and present yourself as having a newborn or or a toddler or you know anything under the sun it's if you can imagine that people are doing it and that's that's the scary part are you guys surprised by this, that people kind of create their own families online, well, even know, if they don't intend to act on it? What, what this reminds me of is the Charger player, Manti Teo, and the whole catfishing incident where, where he had this, you know, this online relationship with somebody that he never saw, you know, and he, and he was razzed about it, probably still is to this day. Yeah, oh, definitely. And in, uh, I'll take it a step further, and, and there's, there's one case, and you saying that really jumped out at me, and there's one case in particular that we worked on where this this child predator was using basically this fictitious family that he created on social media to connect with other pedophiles for the purpose of sharing uh, child pornography files. So he would, you know, contact these guys and say, hey, I have photos to share, you know, here's a picture of my daughter. If you show me pictures of yours, I'll, you know, I'll show you pictures of mine. And, And they would lure them with pictures just generic run-of-the-mill pictures that they would get off of somebody's unsecured Facebook site so it's so like I said if you can imagine it people are doing right so yeah Sonny you asked if it surprises me and I think the answer is like yes and no like I'm always surprised that those people exist but I know that they're kind of there right usually in my bubble it hasn't been burst by that I don't have to worry about it right but I know and hearing stories from Detective Jackson knows that they're there and that's why I think there are there's ways that you can approach this there's either and i think that's what we're going to talk about is um quit doing this on social media quit doing anything or find ways to be safe or find the line one like detective i I just you brought this up earlier as far as looking at the settings of of the social media applications that, that are used is there a way to lock down the settings so that only a select you know, group of people can can view this stuff or is it just kind of you're still rolling the dice with that too no there's definitely ways you can shut it down and you know facebook is is, is the site that's used pretty pretty uh you know worldwide everybody these days has a facebook account and and i don't want to 
you know, be the doom and gloom and say you can no longer take a picture of your kids <laughs> and post it online. That's, that's certainly not the case. But, you know, if you take some proactive steps with your Facebook account, you know, you can, you can be and feel completely safe. There's no doubt about that. It just takes, you know, some, some proactive work on your part to make sure those settings are, are you know, in place. What's, I was just going to say, what's, I mean, what's interesting to me is sort of like how we got here. I remember for our oldest, who's seven years old, and we have a five and a three, Facebook wasn't, hadn't really reached critical mass when he was, when he was a baby. And, and then I remember Christina was on Facebook when Whitaker, our second one, was born. And she talks about how, you know, she felt so depressed and isolated a little bit with the first one. And then having the social networks and being able to connect with people really made her feel like she wasn't alone. And even, you know, shows like New Mommy Media is kind of designed around this same premise of bringing a community together online. And so I think that the sort of is how we've gotten there is there's such positive intentions to do it, but we have to be careful of the negative stuff. Yeah, and that you bringing up the the fake families thing that reminded me of a something that was kind of big, um, not too long ago with with Instagram that was having an issue. People were having an issue with, and there's there's still stuff going on where uh, they had um, people taking other people's you know unsecured kids pictures and using them for like virtual role play and that ranged from I know it's it's weird it ranged everywhere from um you know oh these are my pretend kids and oh we're going to the park and they'd use somebody's picture at the park and so as innocent as that Mm -hmm. as sinister as using them in very you know pedophile type wow situations describing like what was going on and it was it's scary to think that someone would even take a picture of your kid and pretend yeah that they would be doing you know it's disturbing and and so I think that's another another thing you have to be aware of is is they can do stuff like that yes yeah, so it's amazing that that no this is not um surprising but it's shocking that yeah. it's not surprising <laughs> <laughs> and is the yeah. is the danger detective Jackson that they're going to take this from a fantasy role type thing and act on it is that the progression I mean yes it's creepy okay but if you're not it's kind of like if you're not hurting anybody, whatever you do in your own, I mean, yes, you're taking my child's images and I'm not okay with that, but what am I really going to do unless you're hurting somebody? Sure, sure. And, it, and what it is, it's, it's an escalation of behavior. Okay. You, know, you go from thinking about it to now you're creating a Facebook page or you're creating this, this fictitious persona mm-hmm. and now you're importing photos of complete strangers' children and you're, you know, purporting them as your own. And, and then, you know, so where do you go from that level? Now you start contacting other people that are, you know, uh, you know, proliferating child pornography. And now you're communicating with them and you're using this fake family you created to elicit, you know, and solicit, you know, responses and images from that other person that you're talking to. So it's 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 a slippery slope. That's for sure. Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about ways we can improve our privacy online and better protect our families. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Today we're talking about overexposing our kids online with Detective Damian Jackson. And, you know, I always get into this uh, discussion with my husband about, are, are social media really to blame? You know, is the blame more on the parents and, and maybe not blame, but the responsibility? Does that lie more on the parents or should we just say out with social media altogether? I don't know how, I, first of all, I don't know how you do that. I don't think you're, you know, we're, we're on this trajectory like Jonner was talking about. I don't think it's going to stop. I think we've got to use the good 
and monitor the bad or figure out how to, you know, um, use that um, appropriately. Um, but, you know, what are your thoughts on that, Detective Jackson? It's, is social media the enemy? No, certainly not. And and the the biggest thing is no matter how much anyone fights against it, it's not going to go away. So it's, it's here to stay. The Internet is here to stay. You know, our our um, our our wired in lives are, are here to stay forever. And and it's it's a matter of, of not running from it, but, you know, embracing it and being safe while you're doing it and using it for, you know, the genuine purpose that I think it was intended for. But realizing that there are, you know, other nefarious activities out there that are associated with it that, you know, you have to be aware of. And, you know, knowledge is power to, to me. Social media is, you know, something like Facebook. It, it's a vehicle, you know, it's it's a vehicle for information and, and it requires judgment and management and prudence. And, you know, if you if you give someone the the keys to a, a race car that has never driven a race car before you know they're they're going to be in for a wild ride and some danger but if 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 you train them and get them up to speed on it then you can handle that vehicle accordingly so it's it's really just about uh you know managing the use of it so let's talk about some tips some ways that we can try to improve our privacy online while still being able to share and connect with family and friends some of the stuff we've talked about a little bit in the first half but i still want to reiterate it so we talked about keeping information to a minimum you mentioned just watch what's in the photograph you know of your take you know that you're taking of your kids you mentioned um like school emblems logos identifying factors is that what we're primarily talking about uh, that's that's certainly part of it you know one of the one of the things we do in our in our casework in in working child exploitation is is we'll have a lot of cases where we might have images of children uh, in circumstances and and they're not identified. So we might have a, a a child who's a victim that we have not been able to accurately identify at that time. And some of the things that we'll look in in that case are things in the background, whether they're logos, whether it's a sweatshirt that the child has on that has a school logo that will help us kind of pinpoint a geographic location where that that child victim is and then we can start from there so that's that's one element of it and, and you know when the moment comes up and you take a picture you can't you know before you hit you know snap the shutter you can't go okay well what are they wearing what's my backdrop what's this what's you can't <laughs> process that much information obviously but you know look at the photo maybe before you post it and just look for those things before you just instantly share that information um, you know that's certainly one way of of doing that I feel like in my Facebook feed, I see a lot of I see a lot of parents take different strategies with what they share about their kids as well. Um, for me, I'm okay putting my kids' names out there. Some of them I see just using initials, right, or maybe both, and some of them just generic nicknames like my Beastie Boy and my Beastie Boy Number Two. And I think that some parents choose to control what information they're putting out. They want to put out the cute picture or that the Tooth Fairy came, but they don't. They they really are protective about the names of their kids. What's your take on that, Detective Jackson? As far as because I've seen that a lot with bloggers too. You'll yeah. you'll they'll expose not in a bad way, but they'll share their lives online, but they'll say Baby J or whatever, and they'll use like an initial or a fake name. Um, does that have a tendency to help when you don't mention? For me, I mean, and I'm certainly not the demographic that goes out there stalking people and trying to figure out what their kids' names are. But for me, that's almost an opportunity. It's like, oh, they don't want people to know. It makes me more inquisitive. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You don't want me to know? I want to find yes, out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but does it, does it help from a police perspective? Oh, uh, well, you and I need to talk after we're <laughs> <laughs> <Right? No. laughs> 
<laughs> no, you know, um, it, it really boils down to personal preference. Obviously, in the nature of work that I'm in, I'm, I'm a little more secretive and maybe, um, yeah. you know, neurotic than other people would be <laughs> in, that, in that case. So for me personally, I don't I don't post my child's, you know, personal information, even their names. Um, and a lot of times I'll just limit it to the fact that I have three kids, you know, without necessarily saying, you know, what uh, what sex they are. It just you know, that, that's just my personal preference. But, you know, we, we kind of go back to and you know how I feel about uh, Facebook and you know <laughs> the settings and who your friends are and who they're not. And, yeah. you know, we can we can definitely go on a litany of uh, uh, discussion about that. But. But really, you can feel safe and secure in putting that information out on social media as long as you limit who is exposed to your to your page or who 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 are you sharing that information with? If you're if you're really concerned about, you know, racking up a a four digit number of friends, you know, that follow you, then, (laughs) you know, then you're really you're throwing your information out there with a shotgun. But if if you limit it to it and you, you limit your friends and you're posting to only those people that you genuinely know, then then you can feel pretty safe and secure with that. Yeah, that's interesting you bring that up because Detective, I have a quick question for you. Isn't there a way to kind of backdoor, say you were a parent that didn't want to have your, your kids' names out there and you're connected to some friends, couldn't they, you know, tag a photo and say this is a picture of, you know, with your kid's name on it and then... They could well. One of the one of the settings in Facebook, in particular, is you can allow whether people can tag you or not, and and they might tag you in a photo, but then that gets sent to you, and you have to agree to it before it can actually be oh, posted. Cool. And okay. tag. Yeah. So and and those are some of the things, and I, and I wish there, I wish more people would take the time to, um, you know, that are using Facebook to really explore the, those settings and, and security options that you do have, because and that's why I say you can you can use those things and feel pretty comfortable in the information you're putting out there that it's going to be safe um, i feel like for facebook specifically they really took it um a lot of criticism about like three years ago about the privacy settings and they've really taken steps and it's a lot easier now but there's still a stuff you have to dig around and find out but i know that even with posts and pictures beyond the settings it's pretty easy to change who you're sharing them with and sure you can even share them with small groups sure of people. And, you, and even in those settings you can there's a feature in there where you can pull up um you know, you can go down the list of your friends and you can see exactly how your page and your postings appear to that person right. individually. And that that's a great feature because, you know, and, and, and I'll be perfectly frank with you and hopefully none of my friends are listening here, but <laughs> there, there are there are there are some people that you might, uh, you know, for, like for family, for immediate family, I'll, I'll share pretty much anything because they know it already. But if it's, say, somebody that I, I know decently but it, you know I don't see them every day and we're not you know intimately involved in each other's lives um, you know I might limit some of that information that's posted out to them and it's you know that's just me being safe you know. I think the important thing to realize here is all the stuff we're talking about is good it takes extra effort to do that Definitely. you know what I mean you've got to set up the groups you've got to define everybody um, I was talking to Detective Jackson a while ago and he encouraged me to look at my Facebook friends and say who, who are you actually friends with here are you really like you said are you really trying to bulk up your numbers here or do you you know do you really know these people? have you met these people in real life like that's kind of my defining factor if I've met you in real life I think you're a friend yeah. I, I consider you a Facebook friend mm-hmm. um, and so I 
I probably got rid of like 300 people that it was and I emailed you after I'm like hey I got rid of my people I was so Um, proud of you (laughs) (laughs) but it's true because I'm one of those people that I know I'm not going to take the time to go through and label things as these are my close friends this is my family I don't have time to do it my rule overall because I also don't trust the sites because I feel like um, they could change. They can change whatever they want to change, okay? And it's up to them, and then you're exposed. Now, there might be a lot of media frenzy around that to prevent them from doing that, but it's their product. They can do what they want with it. So it, I have a rule because I do a lot of stuff online, all these shows that we do and everything, um, and my rule is if I don't want everyone in the world to know about it, I don't say it. I don't put it out there. And I think as a general rule, it may seem really simple, but for me, like that's how I I know and it makes it more simple for me because I'm just like okay I don't have to worry about privacy settings I don't have to worry about this don't say it if you don't want the world to know Absolutely. don't send it in an email if you don't want the world to know and that's yeah I've broken my rule a couple times but for the most <laughs> part <laughs> that's oh, we, what I try to do we, we all have we all have and you know and, and in your defense what's what needs to be considered in that is that you know you're you're marketing you're marketing yourself you're marketing your product and, right. and the services that you provide and in a case like that, or if you're if if you own a business or you're you're promoting something that you're actively involved in, in that case, then the goal is to get as many people to follow you right. as possible. The right. goal is to hit and target as many people as you can. But you know, my my family is not a business, yes. so I'm not promoting my family in the same way that I would. And so, you know, what I would recommend in that case is someone that's in in your similar situation is then have two pages, have one that's a personal page and then have one that's just solely devoted to your business. Right. And and yeah, it's a lot more work to manage both, but you can have that that delineation between the two. I think it's the realization, too, of how you do need to treat the different social networks differently. You need to treat Instagram differently than Facebook, differently than Twitter, um, because of who can access it. Facebook, you can have pretty good control over who's accessing yeah. it, but you lose that control when you go out to Instagram, right. Twitter, some of those other sites. Checking right. your settings periodically is, is the biggest one for me. Um, and then whether you, you know, set a, a reminder on your phone to, to go off and say on the, you know, every six months, I'm going to sit down and really, I'm going to spend two, three hours and just completely dive into my account and look at look at the settings in every way possible and, and you know my favorite feature is you know that one that shows you exactly how your how your page appears to the public mm-hmm. and how it appears to the people that you've already connected with um, you know and that that's you know going into your phone if you're taking pictures with your phone and then you're using that to post up to social media you know check the settings on your phone as well so that you're not including um, you know your your geolocation on the photos as you're posting them up because you take photos with that that device and it it pulls out what's called EXIF data and that data shows you know the the GPS coordinates for where that was taken the date the type of camera it was taken on you know so you might take a picture of your child you know blowing out their birthday cake at at the party for them at your house and you're posting that up to social media come to find out if somebody's able to pull that that photo down and then strip off that EXIF data those GPS coordinates are going to come right back to your, you know, your dining room at your house. And so they're already going to know, you know, what your child looks like, where they live. And, and, and again, I don't want to, you know, be the big black cloud of doom and gloom, <laughs> but, but the reality is, is there are savvy enough creeps out there that, that are looking for exactly that. 
and you know those proactive steps that you take will basically shut the door on them right then and there. You know something interesting I saw online too is it was giving tips on what to do to keep your your children safe, and it said periodically Google your child's name. Yes. And see what comes up. How does that help? Uh, it it helps because if 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 somebody is is posting your child's name somewhere or if they're they're writing anything about your child you know, by name, um, it, it'll, it'll show you where that's popping up and then you can kind of backtrack from there. And the same thing goes with images. I don't think a lot of people realize that images, you know, if you, if you save an image, say to your desktop, and then you go into Google, you open up Google images and you drag that image from your desktop and drop it into the search bar, it will search. Google will do an, an you know, a very exhaustive search and, and find those sites that have that picture in them. Really? Absolutely. And I mean, on the Yay, break, you can, you can try it. And it's and it's a it's a fantastic feature that I don't think a lot of people are aware of that that, you know, again, that's something that I do as well. You know, you check your if you have an image of your child uh, or you suspect it's been used or you've seen it somewhere else, you can drop it into that search bar and use that function and you can find out exactly where that image has ever been used on the Internet. That's cool. That's such that a good cool? tip, too. That's I think it's a great to, tip to Google your kids' names as yes. well. Although then I get nervous that if you are trying to keep your kids off the grid, then you're putting them in the Google database. So now they know <laughs> what their name is. Now their page rank's going to be high. You know, right. Like, like, like that's only going to just yeah, boost exactly. up the rankings when they look. Well, we're not talking about doing it daily necessarily. <laughs> the Google truck's parked in front of your house. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much, Detective Jackson, for joining us today. For more information about ways to protect your children or if you want to learn more about Detective Jackson, visit our website, newmommymedia.com. This conversation continues for members of our Parent Savers Club and our bonus content. Detective Jackson will share specific safety tips for parents who are big-time Facebook users. I know we shared some, but we can get into a little bit more specifics. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, visit the members portion of our website. We have a listener question from Michelle. She emailed us and said, my three-year-old absolutely adores his nine-month-old baby brother. He plays with him all the time, and they even sleep in the same room together. However, lately my three-year-old has been climbing into the crib to play with his brother at night. I'm really scared the three-year-old will accidentally hurt the baby. I've tried telling him no, but that doesn't seem to be working. What would you recommend? This is Susie Walton from the Joy of Parenting online course and Indigo Village. I guess my question for you, Michelle, is where do you think he might hurt him? Is he just crawling in there and falling asleep with him? I mean, that's okay. But if you have a fear that he might hurt him or squish him, then you're just going to have to, what I would do with him, I would role play what you want from him. Like you get that he wants to snuggle or play with his baby, but that can only be done on his bed or in the other room. But at nighttime, everybody sleeps in their own room. I mean, I'm sorry, everybody sleeps in their own bed. And so you just make it really clear. And when you find him in the crib, you just don't want to make him wrong for this because he loves his little baby, okay? So if you find him in the bed, you just remove, you take him out of the bed, you say very little, you just say, you know what, I, I, and you hear the word I, not you, I need you to sleep in your own bed. And he might say, I want to sleep with the baby. And you're going to say, I am not comfortable with you sleeping with the baby. I want you to sleep in your bed. And I love how much you love your baby. So you want to acknowledge the love. You want to set your limit. And when he says, but I want to sleep with baby, you, and first step and most important step is to acknowledge what they just said. 
I know you want to sleep with baby or I know you want to be in the crib with baby and I'm not comfortable with that. So you can play with baby tomorrow or you can baby, you know, yeah, you can play with baby in the morning. Right now it's time for everybody to go to sleep in their own bed. And you can even role play that with a a three-year-old during the day so that they actually get what you're talking about and then take it to action at night. Okay? Good luck. And let me know how that works. So if it doesn't work, I can give you some other ideas. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Take care. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.